morning. Happy Easter. Let's just continue to worship. There is no shadow that is ever
this blessed day of Easter, oh God, we come before you and we give it all. We lay it all before you because you laid it all before the heavens and you gave your life for us. You, you brought us to this place, oh God, and we are so thankful for the cross. So thankful for the cross. In Jesus' name. Well, happy Easter. Welcome to Redeeming Love. Whether you're here in the seats or you're out there online, we welcome you and we wish for you, we pray for you a blessed day. Uh, we are a church that believes in engaging God, <clears throat> excuse me, engaging church and engaging culture. And part of the way we do that is with this card right here. It's called an Engage card. On the front, especially if you're a visitor, we would love to have some information just so we can send you a little welcome note. And we're so glad you're here. And if you're, you're someone who comes all the time, we want you to do that too. You can click some buttons online on Facebook. I believe there's a link. And redeeminglovechurch.org, there's an Engage card you can fill out. If you can't find either one of those, you can send us an email. You can call the church, tell us you joined us on Easter, and tell us the joy that you received through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, back to this here. All right, so if you are a, a guest, we are so thrilled to have you here today. We really are. We're glad that there were seats for you, and if there weren't, you know what? We would have stood. Those of us who are here every week, we would have, because we are that happy that you are here. So blessings to all of you, especially our guests. Uh, we have a water baptism class that's going to start after the service next week. So after the service, if you're um, interested in baptism, we'll tell you where to go so that you can be part of that class, okay? Um, we want to make sure that you know that next week we go back to 10 a.m., it was 9 and 11, something special for Easter, but we go back to 10 a.m. next week, and we have a new sermon series starting, The Joy-Filled Life. And who better to start that series but our own joy-filled pastor, Pastor Matt. Woo! Yeah, I can't wait because I just can't imagine what he's going to do. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's just going to take over, and that's going to be it. Um, at this time, also a, a, a little different from what we do on regular Sunday service, we're going to pray over the tithes and offerings. They will be collected at the end of service with your Engage card. But we are just going to tell you a little bit about tithes and offering. There's multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. Uh, there's a card in the seat back in front of you that um, <clears throat> will tell you how to give. And there's also a slide up there on the screen that you can see, but I can't. So it will tell you how you can give here, okay? Lord God, we thank you for this offering. We thank you that we are a blessed church, oh God. And we thank you, Father God, that you provide for us. You bless us, Lord Jesus. And we just give it back to you for your good and your glory in Jesus' name. All right. So right now, because we do have visitors, we would like to just point out a few things. Engage Kids is over there where you see Amy being Vanna. There she is. That's Engage Church. So if you're a visitor and you brought children, they go through that door in one moment. To the uh, right of me, I guess it would be the left of them, is the woman's room. There's two doors you pass through, but it's in there. And the men's room is out through these um, doors right here. So feel free if you need that to take advantage of the fact that we have that. All right. And now we want to pray and dismiss the kids. So if you're near a kid, reach out. Let's bless them. Lord God, thank you for these children. Thank you that they are future leaders. Thank you that their spirit will absorb what we pour into it. So we're going to pour in Jesus. Bless the teachers, Lord God. It's a great day. It's a special day. 
do your thing and have your way once they go through that door. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, after these video announcements, Pastor Matt has a great Easter message he'll be bringing. Once again, God bless you and thank you for being here. Amen. Amen. Good morning. How is everybody doing today? I love it. I love it. I love it. Jesus is risen. We are here this morning to celebrate the fact that Jesus has risen. Amen. Amen. I love, I love, I love, I love the presence of God. And that's a great video. I thought about, um, I thought about it and uh, I thought about writing Mel Gibson and telling him the only thing is that Jesus should have a smile on his face as he's walking out of that tomb because he is filled with joy. 
and there was a joy that was set before him that enabled him to endure the cross. And that's today's message that I'm going to bring to you. It's entitled, The Joy of the Cross. And so I'm so glad that you guys are all here today. Uh, this is not a traditional Easter message. As far as Easter messages go, um, I've never preached anything like this, but it's going to be good, and uh, it's going to go someplace. Uh, the joy of the cross, the joy of the cross. And so uh, many of you know the Easter story. For those of you who don't, Jesus is God, the Son of God, came from heaven, born of the Virgin Mary. He was uh, born of God, and he was fully God. He was fully man. He lived sinless for 33 years on the earth. He died a, sin a sinner's death, a criminal's death. And in doing so, because he lived a sinless life, he took the sin of the world, all of the sins that you or I would ever commit, in his own body on the cross, and he won the victory for you and me. Amen. Come on, it's a good story. And I just told it in way too short a time. Way too short a time. I've spent 45 minutes telling that story before. So... Bear with me as I bear with myself because uh, God's doing something new. Um, but today I want to focus on what gave Jesus the strength to endure the cross. What gave Jesus the strength to make it through all of that pain, all of that suffering? What gave Jesus the strength to be able to win the, to win the victory of the cross? And so Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so there was joy in the cross for Jesus. There was joy there that enabled him, that strengthened him, that helped him to make it through. But I'm here to tell you today that the cross was anything but joyful. Anything but joyful. You saw that little promo video for the upcoming sermon series, The Joy-Filled Life. And there's, there's some good scenes and there's some bad scenes, right? There's some scenes of victory, you know, happy birthday, celebrate 50 years. But there's some scenes that we, we, we wouldn't think of as joyful. A car accident, somebody in the hospital, death. And yet, this is where we get to live in joy no matter the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Joy is not predicated upon what happens. We don't have joy. Jesus didn't have joy because of the cross or because of anything else other than the cross. Joy comes from a different place. Joy comes from God and joy comes from God alone. And when we live in joy we receive strength to be able to do all that God has called us to do. Hebrews 1.9, quoting Psalms, says uh, of the Messiah, of Jesus, it says, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. God has anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness more than than all of his companions, more than anyone that has ever walked the earth. Jesus is the happiest human to ever walk the planet. 
Jesus, this is why I have a problem with that last little scene that we saw. Jesus <laughs> was the happiest human to have ever walked the planet. I'm here, I've got news for you guys today. God is happy. God's a happy God. God's not sitting up in heaven angry, frustrated. God's a happy God, and he's in a good mood all the time. God doesn't have a bad day. He doesn't have a bad moment. It's not like, oh, you know, no. God is happy, and he's in a good mood. He is, Jesus is anointed with the oil of gladness more than all of his companions. Every, I can only imagine everywhere that Jesus went, it's joy, it's joy, it's joy. Who wouldn't want to hang around this guy? It's joy, it's joy. You know, it's interesting, when you're full of joy, you get one of two responses. Um, as Elizabeth was saying, um, I've, been I've been known to be called the joy pastor. I don't know how I got that name. <laughs> but... Because I've lived in joy for so long, you start to notice some things. People will generally have one of two responses when you're so joyful. It, the first response is they want to be around you. And th because they want to be happy, and in being around you, they get happy. And so the first response is that they, they, they just, for whatever reason, they don't even know sometimes, I don't, I, why are you so happy all the time? I just, I just find myself, I just want to be near you. Can I, I want to sit next to you when we eat lunch. What, what's, and the other response is that they're just aggravated with the fact that you're just so happy. They're actually frustrated and annoyed. They're like, this guy, I'm telling you. And so it's one or the other. And this is very common when we're dealing with kingdom dynamics, right? Because joy is not something that I create myself. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but it is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, right? And so joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's a dynamic of the kingdom. It's, it's part of the kingdom experience. And when we live in and from the kingdom, we're going to live in a place of joy. And yet, for some reason, I see so many Christians that struggle to put a smile on their face. And I'm like, man... You know, I, I'm not saying that, that joy is not a sign that you're saved. But when you are saved, you are free to have joy. <laughs> and some of us are just like, yeah, no, no, not me. I, I'll pass on that. You know, I've got, we've got a car, and uh, we had our car for about four years before I realized a feature that it had. If you take the key fob for the car that we have, it's a 2014 Ford Fusion, it's paid for, 2014 Ford Fusion, and you press the unlock button twice and hold it down the second time you, you press it, you know what happens? You guys, you guys knew this. I didn't know this for four years. <laughs> All four windows go down so that the heat that's in the car can escape, and I, have, I can get into a vehicle where, the, where it's not hot. And I'm like... I had this car for four years, and nobody told me that this thing did this. Some of you have been a Christian for 20 years, and you didn't know that you could live a joy-filled life. I'm here to tell you today. I'm here to tell you today. <laughs> having joy is part of the Christian experience, and if you're not having it, we've got a sermon series starting next week. Let's go forward with the message. John 15, 9 through 11, it says, As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. 
abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This portion of text where I take these couple of verses from in the Gospel of John are a few verses from six chapters where Jesus discusses important matters with his disciples at the Last Supper. Last Supper would have happened on Thursday. Would have happened on Thursday. He would have gathered his, his, his disciples together and said, hey, he says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. And John's gospel, out of 22 chapters, dedicates six chapters. That's a lot. That's more than a quarter. Dedicates six chapters to what Jesus says at this one meal. One meal, six chapters. It's very important. I want to key in on the last verse here. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. Jesus wants to give us his joy. How much joy does Jesus have? He has more joy than any person that's ever walked the planet. That's the level of joy that Jesus walks in. What does he want to do? He wants to give us his joy. How much can we have? He's willing to give, us, he's willing to give it to us all. He's willing to give it all to us. And then, watch this, that my joy may remain in you, and then once it's in us, he calls it what? He calls it my joy. That my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. God wants us to walk in the fullness of joy. We get it from Jesus, and then once we have it, he calls it ours. Somebody asked me one time, is it, is it your joy or is it, or is it God's joy? And I said, does it make a difference? <laughs> if, I, if it's his joy, he gave it to me for free to use at my discretion. And if it's my joy, then it's mine to use at my discretion. It, it doesn't matter to me. I, I'll take it if it's his and I'll use it if it's mine. doesn't matter. Point being, Jesus gives us the joy and then he calls it ours. He does the same thing with victory. He does the same thing with salvation. He does the same thing with healing. He does this over and over and over and over again. He anoints his disciples, and then what? He tells them to go and heal the sick. I can't heal the sick. I don't have, a, I don't, I don't have the ability to do that. That's not even possible. But that's what he told me to do. In Mark's gospel, when he talks to the 12 and when he talks to the 70, he doesn't even tell them to pray for the sick. He just tells them to heal them. I haven't figured it all out. But what I do know is that he, give, he credits things to my account that I don't deserve credit for. This is the goodness of God. This is the goodness of God. He credits things to my account that I have no right to. I, I didn't do anything to earn that. But that's God. He loves and so there was a joy that was set before Jesus in his going to the cross. There was a joy that was set before Jesus in going to the cross, and that joy was you. When Jesus went to the cross, what did he have his eyes fixed on? He had his eyes fixed on you. Every step of the way, every blow of the hammer, 
every strike of the whip, Jesus had his eyes fixed on you. He was thinking about you. You were the joy in his heart that helped him to endure the cross. Nehemiah chapters eight, uh, chapter 8, verses 9 through 10. Uh, this is an unusual portion of Scripture. It's Old Testament. Uh, the, I want to set the stage here before I read the Scripture to you, although it's up there. Don't read ahead without me. I know, super self-control. Don't, don't read ahead without me. I, I want to just set the stage here for a moment, if I could. The Israelites have been in captivity for 70 years. And for 70 years, most of the Israelites had, had never heard the Word of God read. They had never heard anyone read what they would know as their Bible, and they had never heard that. They had heard stories. They had, they had heard testimonies. They knew kind of how they should supposed to live, but they had never heard it read. After 70 years, Nehemiah comes back, and in 52 days, he rebuilds the walls around the city of Jerusalem. In rebuilding the walls, they gather together the text, and they gather the people together in the open square of the city, and for the first time in 70 years, they read the Word of God. They read the Old Testament Word of God. And the people fall down and begin to worship, and they begin to mourn. And where do, am I picking up? Right here. They began to mourn. In verse 9, And Nehemiah, who was governor, Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all of the people, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not mourn nor weep. For they all wept when they heard the words of the law. Then they, then they said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How many of us have ever quoted this scripture to ourselves before? We all, if, if you've been a Christian for a minute, you know, this, you know this scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And we'll quote it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so let's just get an understanding of what's going on here. The people, for the first time in 70 years, for the first time in a lifetime, have heard the word of God read. They first time in a lifetime, the, the Levites and are running around and they're explaining what the people are hearing so that they know what they're supposed to do. And so the, for the first time in a lifetime, they have this great understanding of what the requirement of the law is. And they begin to weep and then they begin to mourn because they understand that this is the requirement and this is my level of obedience. And they begin to weep and they begin to mourn because they realize where they should be living and they realize where they're not living, where they are living. They're living way below where God's called them to. And what does Nehemiah say from the, by the Holy Spirit? He says, don't weep, don't mourn. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so it's actually the joy of the Lord that gives us the ability to, to carry out every command that God has given us to do. We're supposed to be happy. And, and for the most part, a lot, most of you guys are. I don't know, maybe it's because we just keep having joy messages. We'll just keep having them. 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's the joy of the Lord that enables you to do what God requires. They didn't wait until the level of their experience had come to the level of requirement before they had joy. Because that would never happen. While they were still not able to perform, simply because they understood, they received joy. Rejoice. Rejoice because you have understanding of what you're supposed to do. Receive the joy of the Lord and go out and do it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's the joy of the Lord that strengthens me to be able to do all that God is calling me to do. It's the joy of the Lord that strengthens you to be able to do all that God is calling you to do. And I'm not saying, I'm not here today to tell you that when you decide to follow Christ, everything's rosy. That's not true. Bad things still happen. We still have trials and tribulations in our life. As a matter of fact, Jesus guaranteed it. He said, in this life, you will have tribulation. Guarantee. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be be full of joy. For I've overcome the world. All right. All right. James 1, 2. You guys that attend Redeeming Love regularly don't know this scripture by now. You're in trouble. And it's up there in the NIV because I memorized it in the NIV, and I tried King James, and it just doesn't work. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Come on. Is there a better verse? <laughs> I read a book one time, and guy said, this is the hardest verse in the Bible. Is there a better verse? Consider it pure joy when you come into various trials. You will face trials. Jesus told us, guaranteed, 100%, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. As a matter of fact, Paul, uh, James says, consider it joy whenever you face trials. Just look at it as though it's a happy circumstance. This isn't just uh, sticking your head in the sand. It's actually seeing things in the light of eternity. If we can adjust our vision to see past the moment that we live in, and we can see into eternity, and what every single thing that we go through may be working in us for eternal value, Now the testing of our faith, we understand it's it's producing perseverance and perseverance is finishing its work so that I'm mature in God. Praise the Lord. Because we're called to grow up in God. We're not called to stay infants. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is an expression of the kingdom. And when we live in and from the kingdom, we can expect to have joy in our lives. When we live for Jesus, when we make Jesus Lord and Savior of our lives, we can expect, we should expect, 
we should put a demand on it and have joy in our life. If you've made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life and you're not walking in joy, I want to invite you back into his presence. And I want to invite you back into experience the fullness of his joy because that's where we're called to live from. We're not called to live from a place of somberness and sorrow and, and mourning continually. There are seasons, but the Bible tells us that we can bring the oil of, that we can bring our mourning to God and that he gives us the oil of joy. There's a fabulous exchange rate in the kingdom of heaven. I'll take the exchange rate of heaven every single day. I give him my mourning and I get joy. I give him my heaviness and I get the spirit of, of praise. It just comes on. It just keeps going and going and going. It just keeps getting better. I give him my anxieties, and he gives me peace. Yeah. Hebrews 12, 2. We're back where we started. Looking unto Jesus, who, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When Jesus was in the garden. He's praying. An angel of the Lord, as is his regular habit, Jesus would normally spend the night in prayer. He, it said that, that the Bible tells us that that was his regular custom. And so Jesus knows that the cross is coming. And he's spending the night in prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane. Angel comes, says that the angel came to strengthen him. Why? That he might pray more earnestly, as if the God-man didn't have enough strength in himself to pray, an angel comes to strengthen him so that he can pray even better. He gets up from this encounter. His disciples are sleeping. He wakes them. They go out. His betrayer's there. Jesus had just told the disciples to take up swords. He just told them to make sure that they had swords. They're coming to arrest Jesus. Makes sense to me. You know, too many times we try to blame the disciples for doing silly things. Jesus just told me to take a sword. Peter reaches out, takes off the ear of the high, of, of the high priest servant, Malchus. And Peter, P Jesus rebukes Peter and says, put your sword away. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Do you not, and Jesus makes this statement. He says, do you not think that at once I could call and my father wouldn't send 12 legions of angels? <laughs> a Roman legion is between three and 6,000 soldiers. 12 legions, so let's go low, 36,000 angels. From 2 Kings chapter 19, we know that one angel in one night slew 185,000 soldiers. And so if we bring 12,000, was it 12, 36,000? 36,000 angels times 185,000 in a night. By morning, humanity's wiped out. 6.6 .6 billion people wiped clean off the face of the earth. Why? Because Jesus said, I can't do this. It's all he needed to say. Father, come and rescue me. At any point on the cross, at any point during the 40 lashes, at any point during the mocking, at any point during the beating, at any point on his way to the cross, while he hung on the cross, at any moment, Jesus could have called for his father. He would have sent 12 legions of angels and humanity would have been history. But there was joy that was giving him strength to endure the cross. And that joy was you. That joy was you. 
that joy was you. It's always been you. It's never going to stop being you. You are the joy of Jesus' heart. You are the joy of Jesus' heart. Put it into, put it, it's not as, put it into human terms for a moment. Who of us, if we knew that we could suffer a little and we could change the future for every generation of our family that would come after us, our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, who of us wouldn't go through a little suffering or a lot of suffering so that our family might live a better life? We'd all do that. As a matter of fact, we all do regularly do that in a small measure of suffering. The victory that Jesus won was greater than anything that we could ever imagine. The victory that Jesus won was greater than anything that we could ever imagine. It wasn't just, a, it wasn't just that we could have a better life. It was that we could have the abundant life. It wasn't just that we could uh, have a little bit more money so that we could have all the provision. It wasn't just so that we could have a little bit more. It was so that we could have all the healing, all the deliverance, all of the freedom, all, all, all. He won it all at the cross. Jesus breathes his last. He says, it is finished. 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 The battle is done. It's over. The battle is finished. It is no more. It is no more. Because I won. And all we have to do is enter into the victory. We enter into the victory. And how do we do that? We, we do that by repenting of our sins. I told you at the beginning that Jesus took the sin of the world upon himself. He took the sin of the world upon himself so that we could live free forever. And so how do we get free of our sin simply by repenting of our sin. We come to God. We have godly sorrow. We repent of our sin. Jesus forgives us of our sin, and he enables us by his grace and by his mercy to live in freedom with the gifts that he has so freely gave us. It's his grace and his mercy. All that's required on our part is repentance. And so that's the invitation today. What was the joy of Jesus' heart? You were. And it wasn't just that he'd get to spend eternity with you. It's that he'd get to have a relationship with you here and now. That's the joy of Jesus' heart. He wants to know you. And he wants you to fully know him. We live in this world, but we can know Jesus. We can know God in heaven right here, right now. And we should. And if you don't, that's okay. I want to invite you into that relationship today. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a veil that hung in the temple that separated the presence of God on the inner, on the most holy place from the holy place, and they only entered into the holy place one time a year. That's where the presence of God was. And when Jesus died on the cross, that veil, as thick as a man's hand, it's a curtain that hung as thick as a man's hand, tore in two from top to bottom. They say it would have taken 10,000 mules pulling in opposite directions to rip that thing in half. It was so strong. It ripped from top to bottom. It ripped from God's end to our end. God did it. We didn't do it. He did it for us so that his presence could dwell in our hearts. This is the joy of the Christian life, that God's presence lives right here in my heart. He's with me everywhere I go. And why do I have joy? How could I not have joy? 
the one who is anointed with more the oil of gladness, more than all of his companions, dwells on, dwells on the inside of me. Of course I'm going to have joy. The more I fellowship with him, the more joy I have. It just flows out of me. I can't stop it. I just can't stop smiling. Someone needs to fix my face. Then Peter, <laughs> you know, it, I know this is just a little aside. Just take, just, just for, for giggles, right? When you're out and you're driving next time and you're sitting at the light and you're waiting for traffic, just watch people as they come through the, the, the intersection and they're driving. No, no, nobody's happy. Nobody, nobody's happy. Why? Because they don't have Jesus. Or if they do, they don't understand this joy. And so I've come to the place where I've got joy. God's given me joy. And so I'm just going to throw it out wherever I go. I'm just going to give it out free wherever I go. Hey, hey, I like your shirt. Hey, how are you doing today? What's your name? I, we struck up conversation one time at, at, the, at the checkout counter at Big Lots. This guy, he, he's standing there. He's got his hair all covering his face. We start asking him questions. You know, hey, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, are you going to college? This and that. He takes and he puts his hair back and he starts to have this conversation and his face lights up. I just gave away the joy that I had. Wow. You know what the glorious part about giving away the joy that you gave, that you've got, is that Jesus has got this backfill policy, is that whenever you give it away, he backfills you with even more. And so you can't outgive God. And I, so I give away, like, you know, if we could measure it, I give away 10 amounts of joy, and he gives me 20. And I'm like, oh, man, now I'm really full. <laughs> I got to give away even more. So now I give away 20, and then he gives me 40. And I'm like, this is not good. I'm going to explode. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. Watch then. All right, we'll wrap this up. Acts 2, 30, 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will come. And so if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your life, you've never made a decision to follow Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. It's when we walk with Jesus that we will find the fullness of joy. And the fullness of joy, like I've said so many times throughout this message, isn't dependent upon what we experience. It's not dependent upon what happens. The fullness of joy is simply because we know Jesus. He lives in us and he works through us. That is the glory of Jesus. And this is the joy of the cross that you get to have a relationship with him. If that's you and you're here today, I want to pray for you and invite you into this relationship with God. So just pray with me. Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. I believe you were the son of God, that you died upon the cross for my sins. You suffered, died, and were buried. On the third day, you rose again. And now you're seated at the right hand of the throne of God. God, come into my life that I could have relationship with you, that I could be healed in my physical body, and that I would be delivered from anything that would seek to oppress me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If that's you and you just prayed that prayer with me for the first time today, I'm going to ask you to check on your Engage card. Today, I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. Uh, if that's you and you just checked that box, we want to celebrate with you the joy of salvation. The Bible tells us that there is more rejoicing in heaven over one person who repents than 99 people who don't need repentance. And so we want to celebrate. So check that box. I'm going to send you, if you check that box, you've got your name and address written here. I'm going to send you some information about the next steps that you should take as a Christian. Your, next, your first step is to find a great church. If you like it here, we'd love to have you. If you don't like it here, I'd like to recommend someplace for you. Uh, you've got, you should really go to a church. It's where you, you get built up. It's where you get strengthened with your brethren. It, like I said, if you like it here, we, we love you. We'd love to have you here. But if not, let me recommend someplace for you because it's so important that you get tied in. And uh, we would just be thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to know uh, that you did that today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, let's pray. We'll end. And then uh, afterwards, we'll have uh, more prayer. Father, we thank you for this message today. God, we give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would go with us today as we go. We thank you for the joy of the cross. And Lord, we thank you for the joy that you've given us. God, let, today, let us be filled with your joy today as we meet with family, with friends. And Lord, as we go, help us to give out some of the joy you've given us. Help us to share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. At this point, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings, and these engage cards go in that bucket as well. So as those buckets come by, just drop that stuff on in there. And then uh, immediately following service, we're going to have prayer teams up underneath the screens. And so if you have need for healing in your body, we would love to pray for you. Uh, we've seen a number of physical healings, divine healings here at the church. Uh, make, make yourself available to that. Thank you for coming today. Be blessed. Have a great week. We'll see you guys next week, 10 a.m.